This is Conversations of Grace, where we hope to model conversations about important things that impact our everyday life. What we're aiming for is to encourage Christians to think biblically and talk about Jesus. And I'm going to do that today with my co-host and friend, Chris Swan. Welcome. How are you? I'm doing well. Looking forward to the conversation, as always. Uh, Not that we've got the answers, but yeah, looking forward to talking. (laughs) Yeah, me too, especially this topic, which is a fairly hairy one. It's a a doozy. It's a doozy. (laughs) Yeah. The question is, should churches meet in congregations? Sorry, should churches meet in segregated congregations in specific regard to in our city where um, the laws are preventing vaccinated and unvaccinated people from meeting together? In right, certain right. So, yes. Is it is it should or is it is it okay to? Uh, yeah. You know, is it is it a violation of our kind of Christian obligation to to be one with each other and 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 be gathering together and expressing that that unity that we have in Christ? Right. So that's if, the way if that we you're... accept. Yeah, I think that's I, that's the way. Well, that's why I think thought about it, and I. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe that's not how other people think about it. <laughs> Maybe we should hear okay. from them. Yeah, okay. Well, how are you looking forward to talking about this one? Well, it, as I say, it's it's a doozy. It's people people feel strongly, obviously, about it in lots of different directions. Uh, and, you know, the language is strong, segregation already. Mm-hmm. That's that evokes, you know, segregate, yeah, COVID, right. COVID apartheid, apartheid, medical apartheid, it, you know, yep, yep, COVID lepers, people who've not been vaccinated, you know, the kind of the unwashed, untouchable, excluded from the yes. community, and this whole, you know, the whole <laughs> way it's framed in terms of Christian unity and, and 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 violating what is a you know basic reality in in New Testament kind of thought that, that the gospel makes us one. Uh, yeah. So understandably, yeah. people are pretty. Yeah. Literally, the last conversation I had before <clears throat> this one at dinner time, uh, mm. someone <laughs> described it as the washed versus the unwashed. Yeah. The, wow. The clean and the unclean. I thought, oh, yeah. dear. Yeah. This is, yeah. uh, it's like that. All right. Let's, yeah. let's go yep. there then. <laughs> yeah. Well, we, we like to go dark around. to start with. So, you know. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, <laughs> let's have a break and we'll get into that in a second. Hi, it's Nathan here, and just before we kick off this conversation, I just want to let you know on behalf of Chris and I that this is just us sharing our opinions as we have an everyday conversation. It's not all of our opinions, and we definitely don't think that we have all the answers. We're just keen to have a chat. We hope that it benefits you as you listen. Okay, well, let's talk about this question. Should churches meet in segregated congregations regarding people's vaccination status? Now, uh, there's a lot of Bible passages that we probably could go to, but there's mm. one that uh, that we'll start with today, and it's Hebrews chapter 10, verse 24 or 25, and it says this, And let us be concerned about one another in order to promote love and good works, not staying away from our worship meetings as some habitually do, but encouraging each other, and all the more as you see the day drawing near. Famous verse, really, really well-known passage there yeah. about yeah. the benefits or the sort of what am I trying to say it's well it's, it's, a lot it, of people think it's a mandate even right that you like mandate. this is how I've seen it the used. Word that you use. <laughs> yeah well hey it's a it's a, a scriptural man like God that God says 
you have to gather together and don't don't neglect that yeah. as some are in the habit of doing. Yeah. Uh, and it's a you know, people lay this lay this on Christians, I've heard anyway and seen. Um right. this this one's a underlies a lot of the or is the the tip of the iceberg, the sharpest mm-hmm. version of the if we can, we have to gather together and not fail to right. do that. Right. And that, that so if that's we the way. Separate people out. That would be a violation of this. Yeah, and that's the way that you've heard people talk about it as a commandment. I mean, I have too. Not in regard to this particular topic that we're talking about today, mm. as mm. vaccinations and stuff. But yep. it's interesting. So you you hear this as a command in a way, or people you know have interpreted it as a command, as as yeah. a um, that it, it implicates us as Christians that to to meet no matter yes. what sort of scenario is yeah, happening. Yeah. And not not give up on that. Yeah. So, and whereas probably my feeling is that this is more of an encouragement rather than a command, right. uh, but but it carries certain tones with it, with that mm, sort of encouragement. Mm. Well, why don't you kick it off then? What do you think about this passage? Yeah, well, that's, that's I mean, having said that it's a command, I guess the it's worth considering, or I think, how this command would have been heard and met in in the context in which it was written in the first century. Like how did Christian churches, how did Christians gather together habitually mm-hmm. in in the, the first century? And from what, what we can gather, there weren't yeah, there were times, but actually not not a lot that, as far as we can tell, where people were gathering all together under the one roof every week. Um, in mm-hmm. fact, it was much more often, you know, that Christians were the earliest Christians in the book of Acts uh, after the, the resurrection of Jesus and the, the apostles start preaching when the spirits poured out. They they gather daily and they gather in the temple courts. So that's where, where the Jews are already worshipping and actually a very big precinct. Um, and, you know, they would have been in potentially different places as they gathered and talked and talked to mm-hmm. other uh, Jewish believers and and God fearing kind of Gentiles, there there would have been uh, gathering in homes as well. They they talk about gathering in homes, and mm-hmm. you know some of the homes of perhaps the well to do would fit a kind of growing Christian community. But if the numbers in the Book of Acts are be to, to be believed, there were a lot of Christians pretty quickly, a lot of believers in Jesus as the Messiah, and mm-hmm. they, my hunch is, didn't all fit under the one roof very often, and right. That that was okay. Actually, that that I don't think violates what this is calling us to, and and the broader New Testament picture and principle of God's people as one. That you can actually express your oneness with other Christians by gathering together, but doesn't necessarily mean you all have to gather together at the same time in the same venue, un, you know, within the same four walls and under the same roof. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because they weren't. So they couldn't. So you're saying that you you are happy for churches to segregate, regardless of um, you know the reasons. Well, I think I think the, I think we do it all the time anyway, right? <laughs> so okay. So yeah. uh, one of the one of the things oh, I mentioned this to you uh, off air, but one of the things that a friend of mine at his church, right, their their leadership all got together and they discussed this, and they they said uh, we're not going to accept what the government is saying that that you. you have to have a separate service for vaccinated people, ensuring they're all vaccinated. And uh-huh. then if you want to have unvaccinated people or, or not check people's status, you have to have them separately at a separate time. 
um, mm-hmm. and you can't have as many gather. Mm-hmm. And they said, we don't, we don't want to accept that. We don't want to be segregated. Mm-hmm. So oh, we're okay. going to have, totally. yeah, sure. So we're going to have six different services yep. to fit all the people in the church <laughs> yep. uh, at different <laughs> times and we're not yep. going to check their vaccination status. And I'm like, well, hang on. So you don't want to be segregated. <laughs> <laughs> and so you're segregating into six six different yeah, but church services. Can't you see? Can't you see that they're actually for them the driving motivation is the reason to segregate? Right, right, okay, yeah. I mean, I I, I do see that, and I get that, and I'm being a bit cheeky and saying, yeah, this is ironic. Yeah, I just don't buy that the driving motivation, right? Because I just don't think the the kind of romantic ideal of all being under one roof is the kind of actually was ever ever really necessarily I mean it's great when it can happen uh-huh. but it's not it, it's not it's not required to fulfill this new testament yeah, but command Chris, or maybe encouragement then, maybe it's not about like the actual gathering maybe it's about the exclusion of who is not right. allowed to gather when you keep those rules yeah. do you okay. know what i'm saying like sure that's sure. that's what it is although are they excluded? Like they they can gather in another serve. Like, and and in fact, we do this. We do again. We do this already. I think um, that yeah. that when we provide uh, fellowship for people and and get them into kind of groups in yeah. within a church and try and you know give them an experience of community and relationship with each other, uh-huh. we understand that there are some people who can do that. You know, every week and the sort of standard pattern in lots of churches I've been in has been you know a weeknight once a week and everyone's kind of experiencing community like that but then there's people who that doesn't work for right Uh, the church i'm part of now doesn't you know with with lots of families with young kids um you you know need to find other ways to express that and it's we we do it the pattern that we have is a kind of monthly after church on sunday gathering at someone's house for lunch with all the kids around and and try and get some time to you know, and and then and there's but, others where pe- there's people. It's just not it's not helpful for them that they don't find it helpful, or it's not helpful for other people for them to be in groups. And we mm-hmm. provide other means of them experiencing the community of being one in Christ with others. Yeah, it doesn't necessarily have to happen by them coming to a group or any particular group. Like, there's lots of reasons why we make these distinctions already. I think. Yeah. Okay. Then. Okay. So I'll I'll show my hand a little bit here because we haven't talked mm, about what we mm. think about this. So I'll tell you what I think. Mm. Well, I've, I've told you what I think. <laughs> <laughs> but I haven't told you. So typically, I'm a fence sitter, yeah. right? And yeah, sure. I especially here because I can see both sides. I can see. Yep. I I, I kind of feel like neither side has a complete answer, right? But mm. in regard to what you're saying. That's probably where I have my issues, okay? It's just with you. <laughs> right. Your issues no. with me. Good. Let's That's talk. Right. Let's talk. <laughs> no. My issues are around, um, well, for, okay, you say that we sort of segregate naturally anyway and we do that for mm. sort of mm. very practical reasons. And my kind of response to that would be, well, yeah, but, that's not the, on the basis of exclusion. That's on the basis of pragmatics on what works, right? right? Yes. And that's probably for me what I find frustrating about this is this is about exclusion as much as it is about making well, it work. Is is it about exclusion? I mean, I know you lots of think? people say it's about exclusion okay. and I, I totally get that some people <laughs> may feel excluded by it. But but mm-hmm. I guess what, what I, you know, certainly uh, – 
the, what I'm trying to propose to you, I haven't used the language of exclusion because I want to see people included and experiencing the oneness that, that Jesus brings us. I just I am not convinced that the way we necessarily must experience that is all together under roof, one roof at the same time in the same place. No, I absolutely agree with that. But then I think it, unless you want to put some people in a camp that gives them a social label that, you know, does carry the connotations, maybe not of lepers, but of outcasts. I mean, even the government mm, is actually mm. using terms that that, that, that sure. they're calling it we have a vaccinated economy now and they're classing mm-hmm. people as vaccinated humans and unvaccinated humans. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. I know that there are no one likes that. And no one wants to, you know, feel like there's a label for them of an unvaccinated mm. person which carries the connotation mm. of lesser mm. than or unclean or whatever it is. I don't know if that's even fair to say. But do you know what I'm saying? So I, I get what you're saying, but unless you think about it in terms of exclusiveness or inclusivity, like then I don't know if it really carries well, the sort of yeah. feeling that yeah. people Look, have. I, I mean, that's I, what I hear I think that, but I do, I hear that, but I do also wonder, like, again, don't, don't people like so? So there are people I know. And we've talked about this before. Who are, yeah. are immunocompromised? They can't uh-huh. be vaccinated for various uh-huh. reasons. Yep. Or if they are vaccinated, it doesn't work. Interestingly, I was looking uh-huh. at the the kind of information for businesses, yes. of, which have to you know in in our state have to um, check vaccination status before you access certain services. And they yep. said an acceptable. You know, there's a whole variety of ways to check and establish the status and what's acceptable, and a medical certificate giving stating that you have medical reasons for an exemption to, and you're not vaccinated for medical is acceptable. And so you get to participate in the vaccinated economy even if you're mm-hmm. unvaccinated for those reasons, which okay. therefore does, does that not then just leave the only unvaccinated people are the people who have chosen not to be vaccinated and so I get it. Are they right. are they excluded or are they self excluded? Uh, fair enough. Yeah, and that's partly why I can see both sides, right? Because it mm. is a choice. Okay. Mm. However, all right. Let me just take it down this line, and you can tell me if I've got it completely wrong or not. Right. So I feel like for, for me in my role as a pastor, if I come yeah. to that decision where we say, you know, like let's actually have a service for people who are vaccinated, a service for people who aren't vaccinated, right? then that means that there's a requirement at some point where I have to be willing to preach a message about um, inclusion into the people of God, into God's favour and goodness and righteousness that is determined by no merit of your own doing or your own, you know, your undoing, I suppose. Yep. Yep. Um, Your self-exclusion in a sense. (laughs) You know, that's that's not a really good way of expressing that. That's a bad way. (laughs) You get what I'm saying? Yeah, 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 right. yeah, I do. Not by not by your own sort of works, all right? Maybe that's a better way of yes. saying it, yes. whether that's an opt-in or opt-out you know, opt work, right? Uh-huh, uh-huh. And, then, and then to actually like to preach that and to say that, yeah, even by my best works, my best decisions, my, my most health-conscious right. decisions, then that still doesn't earn me the favour of God. But then I also have to stand at the door and tell someone that uh, you can't come in, you're not welcome here. Do you get what I'm saying? Well, yeah, so, I do get what you're saying. I guess I wonder, there might is there not are there not ways to reframe this? And what you're standing at the door and exactly. saying is not you're not welcome here 
It's you're not welcome to be part of us right now. This that we have another means of including you and expressing the, the oneness yeah. we have with you, given that that you ha- don't you know tick this particular box for this what the government has said is allowable in this it. particular case. So then, can you just help me because and I'm being completely open. Yeah, here. yeah, yeah. This yep. is this is the way yep. I'm trying to think it out because this is like what I'm saying at the start. I mm. don't know what the right. I don't think each side has a complete answer to offer. Right, right, right. And so for yep. me, um, there's a question that I keep coming back to. I feel like whenever I talk about this with people who are tasked with making the decision of what to do right. here, the answer is always pragmatic. It's always mm-hmm. pragmatic. It's always well, we can, so we should. Well, we can, right. so let's do that. Right. Whereas. Whereas for me, I want a mm. biblically sort of thought through response rather than just a we can because sure. then we end up being sort of like a product of what the state sort of says that we are, right? Says that w- what we can be. Hang on, hang on, hang on before you go, right? So, and and that's fine if you're vaccinated. Mm. That's completely fine because you can return mm-hmm. as things are as normal. But do you know? do you know who sort of when someone who's unvaccinated comes to the door and is turned away, their issue isn't pragmatic. It's theological. They're mm-hmm. saying, but at what point mm. do you, is this okay for you to say this mm. to me? Mm. So I don't, I actually don't mind that, that that's what we come up with, but I feel like we need a bit more of a biblically grounded sort of sure. expression to the way, yeah. rather than just pure pragmatics, like we can, so we will. Do you get yeah. what I'm saying? I do, I'm, I do get it, and I'm I guess not saying I, mean, I have yeah. a right and wrong here. Yeah. I'm saying I feel comfortable no, no, no. or uncomfortable. No, and I think I think that's helpful, and that that's why I guess I'm suggesting a few things about how we reframe it. And I don't think they're purely pragmatic. Some of them, like thinking about the realities of church in the New Testament and how people did gather and didn't gather, um, is creaturely. You know, it's got to do with our human limitations and the size of For buildings sure, yeah. and, you know, who owned what so that, and where you could yeah. gather. And, and, and there were some government, lessons and what government week, things so about that. Not suitable. Yeah, yeah. Or, and, we, I mean, we also have, we accept other government restrictions, right, that there's certain, I've been on convention boards that, that you know, it's really important that we, um, for the, you know, camping and convention ministry, that we don't have, music played at the site before or after this, which therefore limits when we can actually gather Absolutely. and do the yeah. sort of Christian, you know, sing and and, mm-hmm. and have amplified voices and all that kind of thing. And so those those we don't kind of I mean they they cause us issues and they're issues to do with our human limitations and creatureliness and how we live out the principles and the theology, but they're mm-hmm. they're not, you know, don't rend our garments and complain about segregation in those cases. Um, and I think, I just think as well, reframing it, like there is, there are some deep theological resources we can draw on to reframe yeah. this, right? Right, right back at the start of the pandemic, I was really uh, leaning into and finding solace and nourishment personally from from reading some of the things that Dietrich Bonhoeffer says and he you know he had profound experiences of uh, not being able to gather with other christians he, mm-hmm. was, he was put into a prison camp and he was lo- locked up and and he, he understood you know that the christians were un illegal it was illegal for them to gather when they because they were part of the the confessing church that said they wouldn't give allegiance to hitler and 
things like this. And sometimes mm-hmm. they did resist the government and there might be some, you know, you need to think this through. But mm. some of the things he says theologically about uh, what Christian fellowship is and that experience of unity and oneness. Mm-hmm. He says this is it's a it's a gift, not mm-hmm. a given. Yeah, right. Right from God, it's mm-hmm. it's a wonderful privilege, not a right to be presumed upon. Mm-hmm. The the and you know this when we were first kind of barred from being able to gather at all actually mm-hmm. leaning into this and it's even i think it's here in in hebrews as well right that mm-hmm. these things are said if you, you track back up to verse 19 mm-hmm. it's a it's a therefore therefore since we have confidence to enter the holy places by exactly. the blood of jesus by yeah. the new and living way that's open for us through the curtain that's through his flesh since we have a great priest over the house of god let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith and and including the let us not give up meeting together, that we do these things when we can as a response to the much more important theological gospel reality that God has drawn close to us. God has gathered us to himself. God has opened the way for us to access him and Mm -hmm. that our unity with one another is much deeper and truer Mm -hmm. than the than the expression of that in we're under the same roof at the same time, singing the same songs. Yes. Yes. And my heart goes out for the person who is has to sort of wrestle with that um, yeah. on, on the side of not being allowed to meet versus right. the ones who can make the choice. Yeah. How well, they, I mean, we've, how all they been, we've all been that person for the last 18 months, you know, particularly here in yeah. our city, the most locked down city in the world. We've all yeah, been that yeah. person who can't. And actually, a bunch of us have found some ways to to kind of yeah. deal with that and help experience what we can of that of that oneness and that community. Yeah, you know, but I guess around those restrictions. I, I guess what I'm sort of where I kind of go from there though is mm. it's that because I love what you're saying. It's a gift, mm. not a, not a given. You know, this mm. is mm. this is about um, who God. Uh, sorry, how God has actually come. To us, you know what I mean, rather yeah. than, and, yeah. and this becomes then our sort of framework for understanding how we meet, even in the first place, right? And yeah. it's beautiful. Yeah, that's right. That's it's right. so like, like I, I I hear that and I relax a bit, and it, it's the mm. grace of God, you know, that mm. just I get mm. to sort of sense yeah. through that. And it's, and I think I'm with you as well in that you you feel for the person who is yeah. excluded for whatever reason, and exactly. Yeah, yeah. Exactly, and what this drives us to is to find creative ways as a community to help those people actually be drawn close and experience yeah, inclusion. Yeah, that's what I was about to say. It's it's that same grace that we mm. that we know that becomes the framework mm-hmm. for the whole reason we meet in the first place. That yeah. has to become like a catapult for us to actually yes. pursue people that we're willingly saying yeah. we'll leave you yeah. out. Well, no, that, that that's not good enough. We have to. We have to pursue yeah. them in the, with the same love that God has pursued us with in such a way yeah. that we're not content just to say, you sit outside, we'll do this. No, inside. yeah, that's right. You know that's I mean? right. Like, we, we go out of our way that, and at cost to ourselves, absolutely. And, well, I mean, I think you and I already agree about this. What, what makes getting together on Sundays for, you know, an hour to an hour and a half, depending on the length of the sermon, what makes that just the most important bit of the kind of Christian experience? 
And are there other ways to express um, richly and deeply and beautifully that 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 this this theological reality, this God approaching us, drawing close to us, that we get to we get to live out in a variety of different ways in, in community together. And right. maybe if this is a prompt to us being creative or to drawing on some of the things we've learnt in the last 18 months and, and applying them here to, to, to go after people and help them feel included and drawn close, then it's, it's actually could be wonderful rather than just something that we are grumpy about and complain about and, you know, think the government is just being super difficult. Um, you yeah. know, there's there's ways in which they are being difficult, I think, and there's there's some things that I'm hoping get kind of walked back in the coming sure. weeks and months. But yeah. but I also think um, it is what it is, and we can whinge and complain, or we can take it as an opportunity to go. We've got a really deep, rich well to draw from here uh-huh. that we can provide nourishment and and refreshment in, and and maybe you know even try some new things. To, yeah, to bring yeah. that to to each other and to to people who need it, people who aren't even yet part of Christian communities. Yeah, which I think actually then adds a kind of a a new emphasis in the way that we apply a passage that's mm. also being talked a lot about in regard to this conversation. When mm. Paul speaks to the Ephesians and you know talks about unity and and maintain right. unity, yeah, yeah, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, accepting one another in love diligently keeping the unity of the spirit with the peace that binds us. There is one body and one spirit, just as you were called to one hope at your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father over all, who is above all, through all, and in all. That, when that becomes the the driving Mm. heartbeat of the way that we pursue each other in unity, like, Mm. man, I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that because that means the church uh, is motivated to, to behave creatively, to, yeah. to sort of act sacrificially um, and yeah. to pursue and to, one and to Im- You know, and to actually, because where that passage goes next is diversity, <laughs> to, to right, right, right. explore the full diversity of the gifts with which God has blessed his body to be working together in all that diversity to draw us to a, to a greater unity and maturity and, and fullness in Christ. Yeah. Well... Chris, I think we could keep talking about this forever and um, lots and, of us you know, will we continue will, to we do We will so. <laughs> when the Lord returns. Keep talking about this, I'm sure. Yeah. Well, uh, I, I like I like that we can actually draw, you know, near together Yeah. through what God has done for us in Jesus. And, yeah, yeah. and that's what I'm hearing is coming up here. That's the end. Yep. That, that's where we have to get to at some point. Um, mm. One way or Absolutely. another, that's what we have to Absolutely. fight for. Mm. It's good. Yeah. Thanks for the conversation. I appreciate it. Yeah, it's been great. Really good. Really, really good. All right. We'll talk to you next time. Well, that was our conversation. Thanks for listening, and we hope it helps you have conversations of grace too. If you'd like to get in touch, you can find us on social media. We'd love to hear from you. Until next time, see ya.